Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friend? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast here on episode 249. We are a week away from episode 250. What would that be? A quarter? It's not a quarter of a century. It's two and a half centuries, right? Yeah. Math is hard, guys. Math is hard. Anyway, let's move on here. We've got a great episode for you today and really do appreciate you joining us and hanging out with us today. Today, we're going to be having a, uh, another co-hosted episode with Eric Ream, a uh, successful speaker, booked and paid to speak alum, and uh, also one of our coaches inside the, the Speaker Lab program. So uh, Eric and I are going to be talking through a day in the life of a professional speaker, how to organize your day and how to make sure that you maximize your time. If you're someone who's maybe you have a full-time job and you've got a limited window to work on your speaking business, we're going to talk about what you need to be thinking through and how you can maximize that time to get the most bang for your buck in terms of building and growing your speaking business. Now, if you would like for us, myself and Eric and the rest of our coaches and team to help you in a one-on-one or group setting to build and grow your speaking business, then we would love to talk with you. You can go over to thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply. And uh, we'd love to hear from you, uh, learn more about your business, what you're working on and how you're planning to, to build and grow your speaking business. And if you feel stuck and you need our help, then we'd love to talk through some of the different programs that we offer in the one-on-one setting or group setting about how we can work together and help you achieve your speaking goals. So again, you can do that by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash apply, thespeakerlab.com slash apply. All right, let's get right into it. Here's our conversation with Eric Ream, all about how to build and grow your business, how to organize your day and a day in the life of a professional speaker. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, we are on another co-hosted episode with Eric Ream. Eric is a, uh, a coach within the Speaker Lab and uh, a booked and paid to speak alum of our program and also a very, very successful speaker in his own right. So, uh, Eric, thanks for hanging out with us today, my friend. How are you? Awesome. You know, I love the fact you call me a very successful speaker. I love that. Can I quote you on that? It's, it's very subjective. So it just kind of depends <laughs> on your definition of success. But nonetheless, you have been very successful as a speaker and have been able to, it seems like every time we, we chat, you are on the road somewhere and we just happen to catch you on the, on the one day of the year that you are home to uh, record a, an episode with us. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I just got back from uh, Los Angeles. That was my last speaking gig. I was in downtown Los Angeles a couple of days ago. It was fantastic. That's fun, man. All right. So today we're going to be talking about uh, a day in the life of a professional speaker. So how do you organize your day? What exactly does it mean to be a professional speaker? And so the reality is, is it, is it doesn't just magically happen of just like, you know, you wake up one day on a Monday morning, like, man, I think 
I think I'm going to be a professional speaker. And it just like all magically works out. There's just a lot going on behind the scenes to make that work. Um, but there's a lot of different types of work in order to get there. So there's a difference between being active and achieving success. There's a difference between busy and being productive, right? You can be busy and maybe like you've had a day like that. I'm sure we're all guilty of those where I did a lot of things, but I didn't really accomplish anything of significance. Like I was just, I was that hamster running in a wheel and I'm just running, 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 running. And I just, I got nowhere. Like you're a runner. And so you probably had times where like you knocked out five miles on the treadmill and you got off and you're like, I did five miles and I'm tired, but like I didn't actually go anywhere. I was just here and I'm worn out and I was, I was busy, but I wasn't necessarily productive. So we're going to be talking about a, a day in the life of a professional speaker. So let's start by just kind of talking about the, the challenge that a lot of speakers have is it's, it's a Sunday night, you sit down, you're ready to plan out the next day. And you're just not even sure what to do. You're not sure where to begin. What does that plan look like? And so if you want to crush it as a speaker, you have to be clear on where you actually begin and what it is that you need to be working on. That's the deal. I mean, you want to be able to design the life that works for you. And you want to be able to design a day that's going to allow you to leverage your speaking business. That's going to make a difference, right? That's going to compound. Each day needs to compound on the next. Um, like I was telling my son, my son's actually a runner. He's taken on the torch of the Ream family lineage of being the next great runner, right? Hopefully. And I tell him, I said, what you do today, the workout you do today is like putting money in the bank account and it's going to come back later. You're going to cash from that bank account and the work you're doing this year is going to come back two years from now. And so the work you do today as a speaker is going to pay off maybe tomorrow, maybe in two weeks from now, maybe two months from now. But the key is what kind of work do you need to do and how do you account for the messiness of life? Because, you know, one of the, we just had a, a speaker meetup. Uh, we tried this for the first time in Pasadena, California, Grant. And it was amazing to me as I talked to folks, the challenges that they're just dealing with on a regular basis. Right. What the, one of the things that makes us great speakers is that we have that challenge that we can, we can talk about the transformation, right? And how we got through that. But we're still dealing with these challenges. We're still trying to get through these different things we're trying to get through. And that doesn't go away magically when you sit down and you're trying to build your business. So how do you design a day that takes that into account and also sets you up for success? That's what we're going to be talking about today. I can't wait. Well, and so we got eight different pillars that you need to have in place. And so uh, we got a lot to get to, a short amount of time to do it. So let's, let's jump right in here. Eric, why don't you start us off with, uh, with pillar number one? All right. So pillar number one, surprise, Grant, it's mindset. So we talk about this all the time. Get your mind right before you get anything else right. So the bottom line is this is a business. I think that's the number one thing I learned from the Speaker Lab. When I met you, Grant, I learned that this is a business and you got to treat it like a business, whether it's mowing lawns, where it's starting a, you know, a health care, a health gym or a fit box or, you know, whatever you're wanting to do. That's a business. This is a business. It requires you to treat it as such. So here's the question. Do your activities align with your goals? So you have to ask yourself, what are my goals as a speaker? And the things that I'm doing on a regular basis, does it align with my goals? And you have to constantly go through that process. And so pillar number one, Grant, is, is your mind right? And are you treating this what it is? And that is, it's a business. Yeah, we have a lot of speakers that, that come to us um, within the Speaker Lab and our different programs who are just curious about speaking, right? There's a lot of things that are intriguing and just kind of interesting and like, oh, that sounds kind of cool or that'd be kind of fun. So for example, I enjoy playing golf and I try to play golf once a week or so. And it's one of those things I want to get better at, but I also don't have any aspirations of playing on the PGA Tour or being some type of professional. And so golf to me is what it is. It's just a fun hobby. It's a fun outlet. And so I don't treat 
treat it like a professional career and I'm just dabbling with it and I'm just playing around. And so because of that, it's unrealistic and unfair to assume that, well, if I go play once a week at the local municipal course, that all of a sudden I'm going to become this great elite golfer overnight. Like it just doesn't work like that in the same way that someone says like, yeah, speaking seems kind of fun. I did that one time. Like I would like to do more of that. That'd be kind of cool. So maybe someday I'll, I'll be a speaker, right? And it's just kind of this like, it's this pie in the sky dream idea. And so if, it's, if it is that, if you just want to be a weekend warrior as a golfer, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can't expect professional results if you're not going to be able to do professional work. And so treating the speaking business as such that I'm going to treat this as a business. I'm going to treat this as a professional, which means I'm going to show up when I don't feel like it, which means I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to make sacrifices. It's going to be hard. There's going to be times where I question whether or not it's worth it. But this is the work that it's required to be a professional, to treat this like a business so that I see professional results and I see the kind of results and the kind of impact that I ultimately want to make. Awesome. I think that makes good sense. So what's pillar number two, Grant? Pillar number two is that you have to clarify your time. Now, again, like we just kind of touched on, for a lot of speakers, especially people who are getting started, this is a side hustle. So you're doing this in addition to maybe a full-time job or other things that you have going on. And so one thing you have to do is figure out when you can carve out time on a consistent basis, right? So this could be using time on your lunch hour. It could be time before work or after work, getting up a little bit earlier, staying up a little bit later, uh, breaks that you have at work, your weekends. Maybe you work a, a flex time schedule. And so maybe you have a you work 12 hours on and, and work a four-day work week. So you got three days off. And so you're spending that fifth day on the business. But you're looking for these little blocks of time where you can be working on your business. And so it's something we've talked about in a previous episode where it's, it's similar to exercise, where you want to be doing little, taking little steps of action on a regular basis and not, I work out for five hours once a month and think that you're going to see any results from that. You're not, you know, right? You'd, you'd rather spend 15, 20, 30 minutes a day on a, building that consistent habit, building up that consistent baseline of progress. So over time, you see the kind of the cumulative results of that versus I'm trying to get all of that in one fail swoop of, of, of putting in all the work on one yeah. day. I think the key too is you got to be realistic. And I think one of the things I love about Facebook that we have, our, I think our, our Facebook community is off the charts, by the way. It's fantastic. For sure. But it's a double-edged sword because sometimes you see other speakers just crushing it. And then we start comparing ourselves to them. And you have to get realistic with what your life looks like and clarifying what kind of time can I put in this to treat it like a business, understanding that, and then start building your day around that time. I'd always recommend you don't want to bite off more than you can chew. Bite off what you know you can consistently do on a regular basis. Perfect. All right, let's go on to uh, pillar number three. All right, pillow number three is develop a routine. Grant, this is so important. I don't know about you, but I'm a coward in the morning. Are you like that? What do you mean you, by coward in the morning? Well, I go to bed at night. I feel like I can take on the world. But then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh man, that meeting sounds a little bigger. <laughs> or, this bed oh, feels so warm and comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I actually got to get up and speak in front of a thousand people today. They're going to hate my jokes. They're going to hate my message. For that like first 20 minutes in the morning, I'm like, I don't want to face the world. What gets me in the right frame of mind is I have a routine and I do it every single day. It's like an athlete. So I grew up as an athlete. I was a division one runner in college, right? And so I had a certain thing I did before every event. I had a certain thing I did before every workout and that just put me in the right mind. So for me, I have a two and a half hour routine. Okay. Now this has evolved over time. 
Yeah. All right. My kids are older now. I have more time. I can do this. I'm a full-time speaker. And I get up, I start my day at 5.30 a.m. And so from 5.30 a.m. to whatever two and a half hours is, eight or nine or whatever that is, I start out with a workout. So I'm on the Peloton. The first thing I do is see how can I beat Grant just for the record. I think I beat him. It's good to have big dreams. It's good to have big dreams. (laughs) (laughs) So I I do my workout on the Peloton. Then I take a shower and then I go back to bed and I meditate for like 10 or 15 minutes. I just think about the day. I do some deep breaths. You know, I just kind of get ready for the day. Then I have a coffee. I do bullet coffee, by the way, the keto-friendly bullet coffee. Then I go down and I, I like to read the Bible. So I, I just start out in the Word. That's something that kind of gets me in the right frame of mind. Then I journal. I write down my thoughts for about 10 or 15 minutes. I kind of capture my thoughts. And I go back up and I eat breakfast. Then I come back down and I plan out my day and I'm ready to go. By the time 8.30 or 9 a.m. hits, I am ready to go. And it's that routine that kind of gets me going. So I think in order to treat it right and to treat your business right and to get yourself in the right mindset, figure out a routine that works for you, even if it's 15 minutes, but it's something it forms as a trigger. And high performance athletes do this. People that are very professional and very successful do this. It's a trigger that gets them ready for whatever they're going to attack that day. Do you have a routine? Uh, I do. It reminded me of, um, I'm going to see if I can find the quote. Okay. So Abraham Lincoln said, if I had six hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first four hours sharpening the ax. And so the same idea is that we have, if we had a a full day to get all of this stuff done, we feel like I got to maximize those six hours. But uh, what you just described there is if you had six hours, or even if you had four hours, or three hours to spend that much time not necessarily doing the work, but getting your head right and preparing yourself to do the work, it can feel counterintuitive because it feels like on paper, like uh, that's a waste of time. Like just get right into it, right? But all of that stuff helps you to sharpen the saw, which makes it that much more efficient and effective to actually cut down the tree. So thinking through what are the things that you need to do to just get your head right to develop that routine. And like you said, it does evolve and change over time. So you mentioned, you know, you're you're self-employed, your kids are a little bit older. Which leads us to our fourth thing. Fourth pillar is that you have to create an environment. Create an environment. And some of this ties into the routine. So creating that environment inspires you to, to really concentrate and build the business. It puts you in the right mindset to actually do work. And so this could be thinking about like where you're your most effective, where you're most efficient in terms of doing your work. So it could be a home office. It could be a favorite coffee shop. It could be a, a conference room at work. It could be in a parked vehicle in the parking lot. So it kind of reminds me like people ask from time to time, they know that within the Speaker Lab, we have a couple different training programs and training courses. And people have asked, you know, if I work a full-time job, how would you find time to create a course or record a course? And so it reminds me, uh, a really close friend of mine, he uh, created a course several years ago. He was working a, a corporate job, worked at a casino. And during his lunch break, he would go to the parking garage and sit in his car and he would record these lessons. And so it would be like he doing a, a screen share, showing stuff. And he recorded this and he would hang up a, a blanket, like soundproofing the car. And so he would sit in his car on his lunch break and record a course in the parking garage, right? And so for him, that's where he was at at the time. That's what he would do. Like for me personally, I enjoy working from home. I do my best work from home. I know friends of mine that they like going to a co-working space or they like going to a coffee shop or they like being around people or activity. That does nothing for me. I don't like that. I don't want, to, I don't want a bunch of distractions. I like to be home in my setting, in my environment, right? Like you said, it could be, it could be different for, for anybody. So figuring out what makes sense for you, what works best for you. So where do you do your best work? 
it changes. So I like to be on my back deck. In fact, we did a, a after hours one day and you and I were doing it together and you sort of complaining, what's that noise in the background? It was my frog pond in the background. They were making all <laughs> kinds of frog noise. So I had to go out of there. So I like to start out there. I also have a trail that leads up to my house and I have a vintage style European bicycle that I bought from the Brooklyn Bicycle Company. And I'll ride that bike down to a coffee shop and I'll work down there for a few hours. So when I do deep work, I actually like to go to a coffee shop. I like that white noise. But the bottom line is I got some really cool places. And you talk about the part vehicle. I had this guy pick me up one time on an Uber and he had a full on recording studio in his Uber. And wow. so he, he recorded rap tracks through it, right? So in between rides, he would just like cut a record in there. It was fantastic. It was all tricked out with all this like microphones and stuff. It was unbelievable. So we had this mobile office. It was fantastic. That's really cool. Very nice. All right. So once, you, once you've created your environment, what is the, uh, the fifth pillar? The fifth one is leverage your peak energy. I think it's important to understand. In fact, what you're going to see in a lot of these different pillars, Grant, is a lot of this deals with the human dynamic side of things. If you can get the human part of it right and predict and understand how you operate, it's going to make life a lot easier, easier for you. And part of that is understanding your natural rhythm. So let me ask you this. Would you say you're a morning person, an after person, or an evening person? What would you say? More of a morning person, for sure, right. in terms of doing work. And again, some right. of this depends on what, what it is, right? But I, I do my best work in the morning. Okay, cool. So if you want to get something high leverage done and you're going to really focus some time on it, then you're probably going to do it in the morning. So Correct. I'm in the same way. If it doesn't happen between 5 a.m. and 11 a.m., then it's not going to happen, right? If I don't work out sometime in the morning, it's not going to happen. You're not going to see working out at seven o'clock at night. So understanding your natural rhythms and working within that. So if you're a morning person, wake up early. When I was writing my first few books that I wrote in the uh, utility industry, I would wake up at 4 a.m. And I would write, from, well, this is when I had a full-time job. And so I'd write from 4.30 to like 7. And I did that every single day. I just work within my natural rhythms. If you're an afternoon person, then work in the afternoon. If you're an evening person. So the bottom line is understanding where your peak is and don't work against that, work with that and use that to your advantage. So very you true. follow a similar path on that or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I know that I'm very good about if I have something really important, I know that I do my best work in the morning. I also find that, I can be very good at trying to procrastinate and put that off. But right. I know that if I absolutely need to get it done, that the morning's the time to, to get it done. Because I know like after lunch, I'll start to feel tired or some of it depends on the weather. And the nicer the weather, the less I want to be sitting inside working and the more I want to go out and, and hang out with the family or play or do something, you know. So recognizing like when you are at your best. I, I've heard about people who they have found for them, I don't know if this is healthy or not, they've just found for them that they work really, really well like uh, through the night. So they, I work great when I start at 11 p.m. and I go till 3 or 4 or 5 a.m. I don't have any distractions. Nobody else is online. Nobody else is calling. Nobody needs anything. So I, I just find that I work really well then, right? That could be the case for some people. So figuring out what makes sense and where you are at your best in terms of leveraging those, those peak energy periods. Awesome. What's the sixth one, Grant? So pillar number six is to focus on the right activities, to focus on the right activities. There's a, a big difference between doing things that actually make a difference and things that move the needle versus doing work where we want to think we're making a difference, where we want to think that we are moving the needle, but we're really not making any difference at all. So some of those things where that really make a difference and move the needle, things like prospecting or things like client meetings or developing your talks or clarifying your message or networking, developing content, like all of those are things that actually make a difference. All of those things are things that actually move the ball forward for you 
But although you may feel like you're not doing anything or, or you're, you're just spinning your wheels, those are the things that really do make a difference in terms of the goal, which is to book paid speaking gigs. That's what you're trying to do. So once you're clear on that, what that goal is to book paid speaking gigs, then focus on the activities that move that forward and actually make a difference for uh, helping you to accomplish that goal. Right. Awesome. All right. So cool. I think one of the things I, I think we talked about this in a previous episode, one of the things that can help you with that is just having a priority of work in place that you know, hey, when I sit down, this is what I'm going to do first. This is what I'm going to do second. Or maybe to have some checklists, some things like that that can get you focused, right? Because as speakers, a lot of times we just don't have a lot of time. So we actually we actually do sit down and we've, we're rested and we've got our routine done and we've, we're at our peak time. None of that matters if you don't have the right activities in place to start doing something. Have you ever done something and you were just involved with, and you worked really hard all day long and you look back at it like, I really didn't accomplish much. Sure. <laughs> have you had sure. that before? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it's probably um, more often than I care to, care to admit. <laughs> so even this morning I was, um, there's a, a really good friend of mine that we text on a daily basis and just kind of compare notes on, on work and how things are going and we're in, in similar spaces, but different industries. And, and, uh, this morning I messaged him, uh, about 10 30 AM and normally we, we both start around 8 AM and have been at it. And, and he's like, man, I've probably got five minutes of actual work done today. You know, like <laughs> two, two and a half hours of just like kind of farting around, dinging around. And some days are like that, you know, he and I were in a mastermind together and another guy that we are good friends with and talk to regularly messaged and said, you know what? I just, I just feel out of it today. He's like, I'm going to go back to bed. Went back to bed for a couple hours and he's like, I woke up, I feel great. Now I'm, I'm back at it. So you certainly, you have those times where you feel out of it or you feel like I'm doing stuff, but I'm not, I'm not making any progress and I'm just kind of spinning my wheels, but I'm not actually going anywhere. All right. Awesome. All right. So number seven, then pillar number seven is delegate. Okay, so I think this is probably the number one thing we struggle with as speakers. And maybe you can agree on that or disagree, Grant. But I, I find when I coach folks, in the beginning, it's okay when you're building your business and you're just trying to get it all figured out. And maybe you got to do a lot, of, a lot of the little things. But over time, you have to get comfortable with focusing on the things that you can do and strive to delegate the rest. So what I've always taught folks and I learned early on from my dad and my, my mother who's an entrepreneur and, and my friend, a lot of friends I, I associate with that are entrepreneurs is they said, they always told me not to eat your seed, meaning that when you start making money, reinvest it back in your business. And the best way to do that is to delegate. So things that like, for instance, website, tinkering on your website, there's probably somebody that's better than you that can do that. Doing your own videos. How about this? Household chores. I don't mow my lawn. Do you mow your lawn? I don't. I have I somebody else to do, do that I because to. I, am I going to pay myself $150 an hour to mow my lawn? Or am I going to pay the high school kid 20 bucks to do it, right? right? 10 bucks to do it. So things like that, searching for events, email processing, snail mail processing, onboarding clients, calendar management. These are all kinds of things that sucks up your activities and sucks up your brain power that once you can start delegating that, it really starts to open up your business. Now, I know this could be frustrating for some folks because like, oh yeah, well, Eric, it's easier for you to say that. Well, it is easier now to say that, but in the beginning it wasn't. What I did though, Grant, is I became very intentional. And I don't know if we talked about this before, but in that, you talk about the e book a lot. There was one part of that book he talks about outlining your business. And you basically outline all the different things that you do as like their positions. Mm -hmm. And so I actually laid out my speaking business and there really is like 26 different people doing all the different jobs that I do most of them. Right. And then what I begin to do is begin to fire myself in different elements. And so as I started to get money, I fired myself as a web guy and I hired a web person. I fired myself as 
the video person and I had someone else do that. I fired myself as someone that did onboarding clients and booking my flights and stuff like that. And as I began to take that off my plate, it was amazing how I was able to make more money in my business because it allowed me more freedom. So in order to be successful as a business owner, eventually just know you want to get to the point when you're willing to delegate some of the things and take it off your plate so you can focus on the high leverage task that's going to move the needle in your business. Yeah, I think there's a misconception that in order to delegate, we have to have like full-time employees and we have to have people mm -hmm. that are all in 100% on our business. And I know for me, and I think for you as well, the evolution over time has been you're finding one person who can help a few hours a week or a few hours a month with one single small thing. And it may equate to your cost is is a hundred bucks a month, you know, for them to do five hours worth of stuff that you're paying 20 bucks an hour for or something like that. And it could just be a number of, of small little things like that. You mentioned like both of us may have someone that mows uh, our yard for us. We don't have full-time lawn maintenance, you know, yard care people. No. We're someone who does one specific thing once a week for a season of the year, right? And so the same thing is true in your business. You're not looking for someone who that's all they, they're full-time employee and, and healthcare and benefits and, and retirement to 401 and all that stuff. None of that needs to be the case. We're looking for like one person who can help with like one specific thing. And so like you mentioned, some of it is just getting clear on what are the things that only you can do versus what are the things that other people can help you with in your business. So yeah, pillar seven is to then delegate. And then finally, pillar eight is to experiment meaning that nothing that you do is set in stone. And so you can try new things, you can be flexible, you figure out what works for you. And then whatever that main thing is that works for you, you want to be consistent with it and stop trying to be perfect. So figure out what are the things that ultimately move the needle for you in your business. And so what are the areas that, that you are at your best? And so if, again, the goal is to find and book speaking gigs, you may find, you know what, the thing that works best for me is to build relationships with other speakers. And I get a lot of referrals from other speakers. And so the best thing that I can do with my time is to build relationships and connect with other speakers. Or you may say, I just, I kill it on LinkedIn. And so the best thing that I can do with my time is to be very intentional, but spend a good chunk of time networking, connecting, reaching out to people on LinkedIn. Both are fine. Both are very different strategies, but both are effective and, and can work. So take the time to experiment to figure out ultimately what works for you and figure out how you can continually be consistent to get the results that you're trying to achieve. Awesome. That's great. So do we have enough time, Grant? I'm interested. I think the audience is interested. So what's a typical day look like for Grant Baldwin these days? How do you start your day and how do you process your day? couple things we do in this big picture. One is we think through on a, a quarterly basis, what are the goals that we want to accomplish? The quarterly goals break down into a weekly goal of what is it that I need to be working on this particular week. A lot of times I do that either Sunday night or Monday morning, just kind of depending on the week. And just try to outline what are the three to five big things that I know I need to get done this week. I'm religious on keeping a, a task list as little things pop up, something that may take five minutes or 30 minutes, making a note of it. Doesn't mean I need to get to it at this moment, but putting that down. I'm very, very diligent about on my day-to-day -day work of treating this, like treating this like a job, not in a negative connotation, but I work from home. I'm self-employed. So technically I could spend all day, every day in bed, eating ice cream and just living it up and watching reruns of The Office, which I've been hooked on lately. But uh, I know I can't do that. I know that there's things that I, I, I need to get done if I want to continue to help move this forward. And so I come in the office by 7.30 or 8 each day. I get started on my day. Most weeks I'll put in a, or most days I'll put in a full day and work till 4 or 5, depending on the day. I find that 
Mondays, we usually do a lot of team meetings, team and one-on-one meetings with the team, just kind of make sure everybody's on the same page headed into the week. Then we usually have one or two days a week that are uh, today's like today, where are specifically reserved for podcast interviews, whether we're doing stuff for our own show or stuff for uh, interviews for other people's shows. We try to batch those together on certain days. I usually try to, to either take off on Friday or only work like a, a half day on Friday. And so I try to keep that in mind that work expands to the time allotted. And so if you give yourself five days, you'll fill five days with something. If you give yourself four days, you'll fill that, you'll make sure the five days of work gets done in four days. And so whatever it is, I'm just I'm regularly checking back in with what are the five goals that I need to get done for the week. This particular week that we're recording, I had three big things that I need to get done, but it's a short week for me because I'm taking a, a quick trip with my oldest daughter. We're doing a, a daddy-daughter trip. And so we leave tomorrow, which is on a Wednesday, and uh, we're gone for the rest of the week. So I got Monday and Tuesday this week to get a, a few key things that I need to get done. And so yesterday, Monday morning, I spent the morning just mapping out what do I need to get done in these next 48 hours before I leave town. So very diligent on just mapping out what does the week look like. And oftentimes, what I'm working on that particular week goes back to what are the goals that we're trying to accomplish for that particular month or that particular quarter. So what, yeah. what about you? What, what do your days look like? Well, I think the main thing for you, what I noticed with you is that you're very intentional and that's the key. And I think for me, the main thing is I think what I'm, I've really learned is I've protected certain things yeah. and I think that's the key. And so like for me, uh, Wednesdays, I protect that like crazy. That's got to be deep work day for me. I can't do any appointments. I can't do anything on Wednesday. The only thing I do is I do do the speaker elite things, mm-hmm. uh, the calls, but I do that later in the afternoon. So I'll spend seven hours writing or seven hours creating content. In fact, my wife is one of the people that I hired. She left her job and now she manages all my calendar. And the other day I noticed I had a um, dentist appointment in the middle of Wednesday. I'm like, what are you doing? That's, that's sacred ground. We do not do that. And so we got a little bit of a spat. We talked about, she said, that's the only time, you know, there's a, there's a world out there besides you. I said, yeah, yeah. no, there's not, not on Wednesday. <laughs> so I've learned that I have to protect those days. Another thing I, I do, Grant, is I don't do any calls before 11 a.m. Because remember I told you that morning time is so yep. key for me. So I do calls between only on Tuesdays and Thursdays usually, and I'll do it on uh, between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. And I protect that time in the morning because I want to use that as my creative time. So I think when we talk about my typical day, it's how I protect certain time blocks. I have hard edges in my calendar, and I don't let things creep into that. I like that. And I think I think there's a lot of truth to that of just learning to say no. And you're always going to have people and projects and tasks and things that are calling at your attention, all that are you know justifiable, good things, but learning to say no and being disciplined that uh, these are the things I, I do, these are the things I don't do. And I have no problem saying no. And so saying no, being very diligent and, and committed on that. Well, one thing, uh, one thing you said I think is key is that you take Fridays off. And I think that's awesome that you do that. And that should be encouraging to folks that are listening to the call that you have a business that allows you to do what you do, but all also carve out days like that and you're very intentional about it. So that time off is just as important. I think as business owners, sometimes we can go a little overboard and do a little too much. So I think the fact that you carve that time out is fantastic. And that's the goal each week is to try to get to Friday and be like, hey, either I got just a couple of little loose ends that I need to wrap up here for an hour or two on a, on a Friday morning or that I don't really have anything major that I can get to at all. And so there's certainly weeks that work like that. And then there's also certainly weeks where uh, you get to Friday and like, crap, there's still just a bunch of stuff I got to get done. And that, that's fine. You know, there's some weeks that are like that, but as best as possible, trying to uh, saying, hey, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm not going to do. And, and again, putting some of those parameters on there. So, all right. So that's kind of big picture day in the life of a professional speaker. So again, let's kind of recap these eight pillars. Uh, number one was mindset. 
treating this as a business. Uh, second thing there that we talked about was clarifying your time uh, and figuring out what are the the time blocks that you can have, whether that's uh, before, during, or after after work or during lunch or breaks at work or weekends or whatever it may be that you're working on the business. Uh, pillar number three is developing a routine. What does your routine look like when you're going to work? How does that work? What does that look like? Pillar number four is creating an environment of where is it that you do your best work. Pillar number five is leveraging your peak energy. Through when are you at your best? When are you sharpest? Uh, pillar number six is focusing on the right activities, the things that actually move the needle for you in your business. Uh, pillar number seven is to delegate and focus on the things that only you can do and the things that you do best. And then finally, pillar number eight is to experiment, to recognize that nothing is set in stone, to continually be evolving and changing and improving in your business. Does that sound right? That's great. And I think one final thought for me, Grant, is uh, don't beat yourself up. And that's, I think we do that a little bit too much as speakers, as entrepreneurs, is that we compare ourselves to others. We compare ourselves to our worst day and just understand that it's just part of living on planet earth and it's okay. And that you're going to grow. Everything evolves. You're going to get better. There's always going to be another day, but as long as you're committed and you're willing to do the work, you're going to get there. And so take this as a guideline, but don't beat yourself up if you can't carve out two hours for a routine. If you can't take Friday afternoon off or you don't have the time the money or the will to delegate right now, you'll get there. Just allow yourself to do what you can do and you'll be fine. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Eric Reem talking all about how to organize your day, a day in the life of a professional speaker. So like I mentioned at the beginning, if you are interested in learning more about how we can work together, you definitely want to stop by and check out thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply. There you can schedule a one-on-one call strategy session with our team where we can talk through some of the different programs that we offer and how we can help you build and grow your speaking business. So if something's working, then we can help add fuel to that fire. If something's not working, then we can help figure out what's going on and how to get you on the right track. So again, you can stop by, check that out over at thespeakerlab.com slash apply. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We will catch you next time. You're awesome.